0: About nine years ago, I think, it started to brew as an idea, and I ran it by a couple of friends who were in similar fields, and one of them happened to work at Southeast Consortium in New York, and they did a lot of athletic programs for kids with special needs, and their karate instructor had to leave, so he asked me if I would like to teach the class, and it was my first opportunity to do that, and I loved it right away watching the kids confidence grow and watching them have fun learning it just made me feel like that was what i was meant to do for the rest of my life
1: welcome to keep going a podcast from azuma where we share motivational stories from small business owners i'm greg and i'm ben and we're your hosts for this episode Today, we're talking with Amanda, the founder of Amanda's Adaptive Martial Arts, a martial arts studio for children with special needs. Amanda, welcome.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: So Amanda, tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you grew up and some of the early experiences of your life that you think may have shaped you and pointed you in the direction you find yourself now.
0: I grew up in New York in the Bronx. I have a sister with special needs. She was born when I was four years old. I definitely had a lot of extra responsibility having a sister with spina bifida. There were times when she was ambulatory, but there were times when she was in a wheelchair. And she always had to have one of us with her for any of her medical needs. I feel like that just automatically put me in a caregiver role and led me in the direction of being a healthcare worker. I'm an occupational therapy assistant, and I've worked with special needs kids since 1999. I started as a teacher assistant at United Cerebral Palsy, and then I went back to school to become a therapist. The funny thing is that me and my sister always swore that we would never work in healthcare, and now I'm a therapist (laughs) and she's a nurse. (laughs) And also, she hates sports, so the idea that I would be teaching an athletic thing to kids with special needs is pretty funny.
2: (laughs) What about the martial arts? How did that come into the mix?
0: In my 20s, I started to get symptoms of polycystic ovarian syndrome, which caused me to gain a lot of weight. Having been thin before, I never really thought about exercising or dieting. So I decided to try martial arts as a way of getting back into shape, getting healthier. And it worked. And there were so many benefits to it besides that. It decreased my anxiety. It made me start really taking care of my body, eating the right things. And all the other people in my class were also on these like really positive roads. And that made me feel good being surrounded by other people that were trying to make these positive changes in their lives.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you stuck with it for a long time. I mean, I started karate as a kid. I was a white belt. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know what it was, why I didn't continue, but not everyone sticks with it for as long as you have.
0: Yeah, so I started out in a karate school and... I really liked it there, but I would say the uniform aspect of it kind of bothered me, like having to look like everybody and talk like everybody. That's not who I am. I'm kind of an individual. So when I switched over to MMA and started doing Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu instead, that suited me better because I was able to still be myself and still have the benefits of learning martial arts. I see. So traditional karate is great for some people, but I think for me, MMA was a better fit.
2: Now, when I hear MMA, I think of two big giant guys in a cage <laughs> fighting each other. Is that not what MMA is?
0: It is what MMA is.
2: <laughs> it's, okay.
0: it's gotten insanely popular because of UFC, which is great. But I have always done striking and ground work. So I've always done like karate or Muay Thai, punching and kicking. And then I have always done grappling and jiu-jitsu, groundwork, positions, submissions. So I like them both. So being able to put them together in a mixed martial arts setting is pretty cool.
2: Wow, yeah. So I'm getting a whole new vision of you here. (laughs) Do you do any of this on your own still? Any competition or, or anything
0: I don't compete anymore. No, I did for a while and I never really liked it. I've always had some trouble controlling my performance anxiety. So coaching is a much better fit for me, especially the coaching that I'm doing, the adaptive coaching. It's been great.
1: Yeah. When did those two worlds collide for you? You've had a sister with special needs. You're doing martial arts yourself. When did the light bulb come on that says, oh, I should bring these together and create an adaptive martial arts?
0: About nine years ago, I think, it started to brew as an idea, and I ran it by a couple of friends who were in similar fields, and one of them happened to work at Southeast Consortium in New York, and they did a lot of athletic programs for kids with special needs, and their karate instructor had to leave, so he asked me if I would like to teach the class, and it was my first opportunity to do that, and I loved it right away. Watching the kids' confidence grow and watching them have fun learning, it just made me feel like that was what I was meant to do for the rest of my life.
1: When did you kind of get the idea to actually incorporate and become a business? And what was that experience like?
0: I decided to start my own business a couple of years ago, pretty much during the pandemic, because I was teaching at a couple of random locations. I had a class at We Rock the Spectrum, which is a gym for kids with autism, but they ended up having to close down. I had a class at the gym where I train, and that was just one class, one hour a week. A lot of parents found out about my class, and I guess the kids were locked up in the house for too long, so they were looking for activities to put them in. And it just kind of snowballed, so it made sense to get an LLC, and then I applied for nonprofit status and got it.
1: So the parents kept coming to you and asking you for more and more, and you thought, that's well, it's time to make this legit and, and launch a business?
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking of renting my own space because it seemed like a lot of businesses were closing down, so there was a lot of retail space available. But a friend of mine suggested that I use this model instead, and it's been working really well.
2: So that model is?
0: Renting multiple locations. So I have a class in North County, a class in South Bay, East County, and then a class over by where I live in Ocean Beach.
2: Yeah, that does seem to make a lot of sense. It opens you up to those different markets without much commitment.
0: Exactly. And most of the places don't even charge me because they really like what I'm doing. They like my program and they are just willing to donate space.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's amazing.
2: So Amanda, are there any challenges that come up for you Because you have so many different locations for your business.
0: Probably the biggest challenge is moving the equipment around and having room for it. At first, I had it all in my house, but then it was getting to be too much. So I had to rent a garage to keep a lot of stuff in. I'm still trying to get money for a van so that it's easier for me to move equipment.
1: Do you have an age range that you serve?
0: So for the kids class, it's ages 5 to 18. And then I have a Cubs class for the little kids. It's three to five-year-olds. And that class is shorter, and there's a smaller ratio. And it's focused more on the precursors to physical activity, like gross motor planning and that sort of thing, strengthening, following directions. We do a little bit of punching and kicking, but for the most part, it's more like the therapeutic activities that are precursors to actual martial arts.
1: Amanda, could you tell us more about how you adapt the martial arts for your individual students?
0: So every child with special needs is different. Well, every child is different, I should say, but specifically kids with special needs. So some of the kids come in and they're able to jump right in. They're able to follow the directions. They're able to just watch me do things and shadow me. And then some kids need a little more support. They might need more verbal cues. They might need hand over hand assistance. They might need me to show them the same move over and over again before they're able to copy it. They may need a picture, a visual. So those are all things I'm able to provide for them. And a lot of them have like some gross motor deficits and a lot of self-stimulatory behaviors. I've also had a couple of kids that are in wheelchairs. So that was a special challenge. I had to adapt, but because of my background as a therapist, I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to deal with that. So it's been going really well. Every kid that comes in is a new challenge for me to figure out exactly what their needs are and the best way to support them
1: sounds like you're describing a full spectrum of physical special needs, mental or emotional special needs, and you cover the whole gamut, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, most of the kids that I have are on the autistic spectrum, but I've had a couple of kids with cerebral palsy. I had one with muscular dystrophy, and I have one girl who communicates with sign language. So yeah, those have all been unique challenges, but the class is inclusive, it's for everyone, so I just find new ways to adapt.
1: How many classes are you doing uh, a week with these and, and how big are your classes?
0: Right now I'm teaching 5 classes a week. I keep the ratio at 6 to 1, so if I'm the only instructor, it's 6 kids in the class. If I have my assistant Marco with me, then I can take 12 kids in the class.
2: You're working another job? currently, right?
0: So yeah, I'm still working as a therapist. San Diego is expensive. I work per diem, so that's nice. I have a flexible schedule. And right now, I'm working on expanding. I would like to create a certification for other martial arts instructors who would like to do this kind of work. I did an online training course. It launched in December. And anybody can take it. It's only $50. I'm also working on a book to help other instructors learn how to do this. And I'm doing a bunch of different adaptive sports festivals and adaptive sports camps. So it's been really exciting to grow and get bigger.
1: So could you tell us, Amanda, what led you to create your online instructor's course?
0: I had a foundation, a nonprofit foundation in Texas contact me about a martial arts school that was looking for that sort of training course. And that had been on my list of goals, things that I would like to do. So that kind of lit a fire under me to get it going faster than I anticipated I was going to. And I started doing research and found... There had been a body of studies done in Iraq during the lockdown by a martial arts instructor. They studied the effects of martial arts, especially katas from karate on ADHD, and if they showed any kind of improvement towards attention span, and she got really positive results in those studies. So I used those studies as evidence, and I built off of that. So, I've gotten positive responses from people that have taken the course. They said that it's been really helpful with them, especially explaining to parents how these benefits are going to be imparted on their children, giving them the language that they need to convince everybody that this is a beneficial thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned what some of the benefits of martial arts is. What are some of the specific benefits your students are receiving?
0: My classes, because I'm a therapist, they also include things like strengthening and motor planning and socialization. So I'm definitely seeing kids get better at those things. Also, just self-control, being able to follow directions, decrease in some negative behaviors, more ability to communicate with each other as well as with me. And the parents are telling me that they're seeing that carry over to school and home.
1: So Amanda, a lot of times people hear small business stories or reading online, they find out about some business that started and got up and going and it seems like everything just clicked and it was this amazing, easy experience and there were no bumps or hiccups along the way. Was that your experience or did you have some challenges as you were trying to get up and going?
0: Oh yeah, plenty of challenges. (laughs) I've never run a business before, so I really didn't even know where to start. Luckily, I have some friends who are business owners and they were able to point me in the right direction. So they suggested I start with the Small Business Association, which was very helpful. And writing my own business plan, which I've had to amend a hundred times just because I didn't know what I was doing when I first wrote it. I gave money to A person who said that she was going to write me some grants and it turned out that she was a fraud. So I had to go after my money to get it back. So, yeah, there's been a few bumps in the road, but I believe in what I'm doing and I see a lot of other people believe in what I'm doing. So that keeps me on task.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you might have some unique things in there, but some of those things are very familiar to anybody who's trying to start a business, right?
0: Yep. And figuring it all out as I go along but yeah. I've met so many great people along the way that were willing to give me a hand and network with me. So that's been helpful.
2: So Amanda, I know one of the questions that comes up for nonprofits all the time is how to get funding. How has that journey been for you? Has there been anything that's been helpful?
0: Fundraising is definitely one of the harder parts. I have done a couple of shows at a brewery like bands play and rent a food truck or barbecue that sort of thing and I do a kickathon every year with the kids they get people to pay per kick like their friends and family members and then they come and I get a bounce castle and I play some games with them and that also helps to create more of like a community feel with all my families and raise a little money as well I sell merchandise, I have a really snazzy logo, so I can put that on a bunch of different things and sell them. But I just mostly have a lot of friends that really believe in what I'm doing, and they're willing to keep the financial support coming. So I'm very blessed that way.
1: How have you been able to, I don't know how to say it other than create your community that's helped you navigate all of this? Because starting a small business is one thing, navigating a nonprofit is a whole nother thing. Has it just been... Google research or referrals or how have you been able to build your network that's helped you to establish this company?
0: A lot of it was social media. There's a lot of Facebook groups specifically for these kinds of activities and the parents of kids with special needs will look on those groups for ideas for their kids. But also resource fairs and camps for adaptive sports. Those have all gotten my name out there pretty well. And also just being a therapist and having word of mouth of other therapists recommending me to parents, that helps too. Plus, the gyms that I use will recommend me to parents if they bring their kids with special needs to their classes. They'll say, you know, your kid might need a little extra support. You should try out Amanda's Adaptive. That might be a better fit. So yeah, I'm getting referrals from all over.
2: So Amanda, a lot of small business people feel like There's just a lot of plates spinning in the air, a lot of balls being juggled. What do you do to manage all that you've got going on in your business and in your life?
0: I get overwhelmed all the time. (laughs) I keep my eyes on the goals and it really takes a lot of discipline, but the to-do list never ends. So as well as working and teaching my classes, I just have to try to get everything done and multitasking helps. But I would love to have somebody an assistant maybe to help me out as soon as I have enough money to hire one.
1: So Amanda, based on your experiences, what advice would you give to small business owners who are thinking of starting their own business?
0: I would say if it's something you're really passionate about and you're willing to work really hard, go for it because you only live once, right?
2: Is there anything unique to the uh, nonprofit business that you would Share any advice for people who are interested in the nonprofit space?
0: So, again, yeah, nonprofits are a lot of work and everything has to be documented, every penny that you spend. And you always have to do fundraising and look for grants, look for funding. But it's good because I'm able to give the parents a sliding scale price, I'm able to serve low income families. So to me, that's why I went that route.
2: Amanda, our final question that we like to ask all of our guests is to kind of sum it all up for us and tell us what is it that keeps you going in your business every day?
0: I just have so much passion for what I'm doing. I believe in it. I believe that martial arts is beneficial for everyone, especially kids with special needs. and just thinking of all the positive changes that I've seen and the kids that I teach keeps me going.
1: Well, Amanda, thanks so much for being on today. We really are loving what you're doing and we wish you all the best.
2: Yeah. We appreciate your time.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com.